0: You were recently involved in action within the community against some anti-homeless uh, infrastructure that was going around um, under the Kurilpa Bridge. If I Kareelpa. pronounce that right. Yep. Kurilpa.
1: Okay. It.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so this would indicate that there's kind of a homeless crisis in Brisbane at the moment. Mm. Like, can you start? Can we start by asking you uh, what the severity of the homeless situation? Um, is in Brisbane and is that being exacerbated by local and state government action?
1: Mm, Yeah, so over the last few years, we've seen rapid development and gentrification, particularly in inner-city Brisbane, where a lot of affordable share houses and boarding houses for lower-income people have been demolished or replaced with high-density luxury high-rise developments. So we've seen thousands and thousands of new apartments, but we know that that's not necessarily improving affordability for people at the lower end of the scale. So right now in Brisbane, there are around 30,000 homes that are sitting empty long term. Those aren't just holiday homes or or rental vacancies, those are properties that have just been left empty long term because their owners would rather leave them empty than rent them out cheaply. So we've got 30,000 long term empty properties and around 10,000 residents in Brisbane who are currently homeless. That's based on the 2016 census data and backed up by the Australian Homelessness Monitor 2018 report. So we've got rapidly rising homelessness throughout southeast Queensland, and since 2011, homelessness in Brisbane has increased by around 32%. So actually, contrary to the government rhetoric, approving all these posh new apartments is actually making the problem worse because it's forcing low-income people out of their homes and out of their communities and they end up either homeless in the inner city or displaced right out to the suburban fringe where there's no job opportunities or public transport So now sorry sorry go on
2: Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say that's uh, something that we've uh, really seen here in WA as well, with uh, a lot of public housing really pushed out uh, from the centre and, you know, a lot of, I guess, you know, public land being sold off by state and local government to massive developers. So so that really is is the case in, in Brisbane now. And, and, you know, there there isn't much public housing in, in terms of at least in the West End and in central Brisbane.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, neoliberal thinking has really taken hold here in Brisbane, and the, both the council and the state government are relying pretty much entirely on the private sector to house people, which obviously doesn't work very well for people on lower incomes. So the state government has only committed to build an average of 500 homes per year for the next 10 years across the entire state. So that means that the city of Brisbane is only going to get 70 or 80 new public housing dwellings across the whole city each year, even though right now there's around 28,000 people on Queensland's public housing waiting list. So there's a serious existing shortfall and the government isn't proposing to build enough new public housing to pick up the slack. And what that's meaning is that more people are sleeping rough on the streets, more people are couch surfing or sleeping under people's houses and in garages. And at the pointy end in places like South Bank, that, that means that the government and the council are starting to crack down on the visible presence of homeless people. So, we've had um, homeless camps broken up and moved on under a couple of the bridges in, in South Brisbane. And just recently, the state government moved on people who were sleeping under the Kurilpa footbridge near the Gallery of Modern Art. And they then spent around $120,000 installing landscaping so big heavy boulders and garden beds under that bridge to discourage people from sleeping there of course they haven't actually been building enough public housing to house all those people so the the homeless people are still in the area they've just been moved out of that one particular space
2: now, the state government have announced that there will be uh, likely, uh, I guess, landmark reforms to the state's Tenancy Act uh, by the middle of next year. Uh, it, this has obviously come as a sort of a welcome news to a lot of people, including uh, Tenants Queensland, uh, who would like to see a cap of any rental increase by 20%. But I guess what you've seen so far from these reforms, uh, you know, are, are they a good sign? Will they potentially go some way to addressing this uh, You situation? Know, Significant issue of homelessness in Queensland.
1: Yeah, so there's an urgent need for rental reforms, and obviously any changes the state government makes would be good. But our concern is that the government's proposed changes aren't going to go far enough. They're mostly talking about smaller changes, like giving tenants the right to have pets or giving tenants the right to hang picture hooks on the pictures on the wall, and that stuff's important. But really, what we need to see are limits against unjustified evictions and limits against excessive rent increases. So our concern is that the government's gonna essentially capitulate to the property industry, and is only gonna tweak the rules and make minor incremental reforms without really getting to the core of the issue, which is that housing is a human right, and landlords shouldn't have the power to evict people for no reason. So recently in Victoria, they brought through new rules that make it harder. You have to have a legitimate reason for ending a tenancy, whereas still in Queensland, you can just kick someone out for for no reason at all and that means that tenants are often too scared to ask for repairs to their property or they're too too scared to stick up for themselves when their landlord's bullying them because they're worried their re- their lease won't get renewed.
0: Definitely. And uh, you mentioned before that there's a lot of empty buildings around the city and you actually called um, for people to occupy these buildings to establish kind of a crisis um, accommodation in vacant government buildings, specifically, I understand. Um, how has the community reacted to this? Like, given that the local and state governments aren't really acting, what can the people in the community do to take this issue into their own hands?
1: Yeah, so when you've got 30,000 homes sitting empty and 10,000 homeless residents. it's pretty crazy that the state government and council aren't acting to free up all those existing properties. And when I called for people to consider squatting and occupying some of the government-owned empty buildings, I was surprised at how much public support there was. Obviously, it's a controversial suggestion, but a lot of people can see that our current property system is completely unjust. We've treated housing as a commodity rather than as a human right. And... A very small proportion of the community is making a huge amount of money out of this construction boom. Property developers and speculators have made billions and billions of dollars while ordinary people are still sleeping on the street. So I think actually people are starting to organise squats, both quiet ones, uh, sneaky ones, and then um, probably some bigger public actions as well because it's, it's not right that homes can sit empty while people are sleeping on the street. And when the government's done so little to... Invest in public housing. I think residents don't really have many other options.
0: Totally, and I guess there's kind of a big stigma around people who are sleeping rough. Do you think that that's affecting uh, the government and the community kind of moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, our political priorities are just completely out of whack at the moment. The the government spends like 120 million dollars a year on prize money for the horse racing industry and and the greyhound racing industry, and they spend the same amount building public housing. They spend millions and millions of dollars subsidising the mining industry, the gambling industry, a whole bunch of other unethical industries are receiving active government support. And meanwhile, they're putting very little money into public housing. And that's essentially because... The dominant thinking within all levels of government is that if people are poor, it's their own fault, which is obviously nonsense. The re- People are struggling because we've had continued cuts to welfare and support services and because big corporations aren't paying their fair share of taxes. So to blame individual people for becoming homeless when our system is stacked against them is pretty pretty raw in my opinion.
2: Certainly. And you've really, I guess, touched on it there and before that, you know, the, at the heart of this issue is, uh, I guess, clearly the blind adoption of neoliberalism by governments such as, you know, the ALP government in Queensland, also here in WA, and of course, probably across the board in Australia. It, it's, it's kind of, I guess, quite depressing in a way that we have uh, both here in WA and in Queensland, uh, state uh, labour governments that you would think would be, if, if not completely in practice, at least in theory, opposed to these sorts Sorts of neoliberal policies. I guess through this issue though, have you seen, um, I guess, a bit of a, a groundswell of, of community support that, uh, you know, I guess, may manifest politically as, as at least being a bit of an opposition to, to neoliberalism, if not just around this issue, at least sort of broadly uh, reawakening people to, uh, to oppose some of these policies?
1: yeah definitely so new activist groups like brisbane renters alliance and the anti-poverty network are springing up on the ground to to resist the the worst impacts of neoliberalism it it really sucks that you, you know you have a, a labor government that pretends to be progressive but then its actions don't match up with its words like in particular this recent action to to move people on from under the bridge and and spend $120,000 landscaping it when we could have spent that money on rent to actually house some of those people was, we thought, particularly cruel. And I think there's there's obviously a big surge on the ground, but that hasn't yet translated in a big way into policy outcomes. So I think the 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 fact that the government brought forward these rental law reforms is a really good sign, but it's a question of how much pressure they feel in terms of how far they actually go. And a lot of us are worried that, really, Labor's not going to shift its position unless they start losing votes and start losing seats on this one. And happily, in in areas like South Brisbane, they're really concerned about losing votes to the Greens, and we nearly took the seat off the Deputy Premier at the last state election. So they're feeling the heat a little bit, but I guess if if the political establishment doesn't respond to what people on the ground are saying, we do need to consider other forms of civil disobedience because clearly this system is broken and is stacked in favour of the big end of town. I mean, people need to understand how fucked up this situation is. Like people aren't homeless because we don't have enough resources to go around. People are homeless because big corporations aren't paying their fair share of taxes and screwing over the rest of us.